Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and meet me today in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Let's drop down to verse 2, and we want to talk about the miracles that God is releasing in your life. And this month, the month of April, I believe is a month of miracles for you. And it's going to begin the breakout in your life, and you're going to see great miracles in your life, I believe, this month and also throughout this year. This year has been destined to be a great year of breakthrough, but we're not waiting until November or December to use our faith and to release our expectancy for God to do great things. We are moving with the Spirit, for the Spirit is moving now, and we're riding that wave of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and the anointing is what removes the burdens and destroys the yokes, and that's God's miracle working power. He is releasing it now, and we need to connect our faith with what God is doing in this moment, in this time. Mark chapter 6, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into Your Word, we ask that Your Word would jump into us and be lodged deep within our spirit, and that we ask for the spirit of wisdom to be given unto us. So, Father God, that the Scriptures would be illuminated so that we can understand them and draw from the nourishment that is contained within them. Now, Father, we give You all of the praise. We thank You for the miracles that You are doing in our lives. We give You the praise in Jesus' name. We all agree and say Amen. And let me also note, my friends, that this evening at sundown begins the Holy Passover week. Praise God. And this is a beautiful week. And as we're moving towards Sunday, which is Resurrection Sunday, that is the special day that we're believing to get our seeds of faith in for the project that we have been focusing on, which is to finish the fence. Praise God. And I'm so thankful for all of the sacred and precious and generous seeds that so many of you have sown. And if you're still planning on getting that in, please endeavor to do that on or before Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, because this is a divine assignment. And we are praying over every seed sown that God would multiply it back to you with the 100-fold return, which is a picture of God's very best return coming back into your life. And I want you to believe for a specific harvest. And I want you to be expecting a harvest because it's your time for a miracle. Praise God. Now, Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Now, when you follow, you're going to receive the teaching. When you follow Jesus, you see demonstrations of power, not just teaching, not theory. You actually see proofs, signs, wonders, and miracles. So, as they were around the Lord, the Spirit that was upon the Lord was, in a sense, also affecting them. Because when you see somebody else do it, and you hear it, and you see it. What happens? Faith begins to come into your heart, and you begin to think, oh, so that's how it's done. Well, praise God. And see, then Jesus lays hands later upon the twelve, and He also lays hands upon the seventy, sends them out, and you know, they begin operating in the same miracle power. Why? It's the same Holy Spirit working through men that are submitted to God and that are open to God using them. And I know that you're a candidate to receive God's power. Now, verse 2, And when the Sabbath had come, He began to teach in the synagogue. Now, teaching is very, very important. We all love good preaching. I like the shout. I like the holler. I like the growl. Praise God. And that's wonderful. And uh, the greatest preacher of all, of course, is Jesus. And uh, we are blessed in America with some dynamic preachers, and there are many good ones around the world. But the teaching also is essential. You must have the teaching because the teaching helps you to unlock the principles that may be proclaimed, but it's the teaching that unlocks them, explains them, so you can take them and make it work in your life. Now, he began to teach in the synagogue. 
And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? Now, notice they realized he had something. What is wisdom? There's many definitions for wisdom. One of the wisdom uh, definitions that is very fitting is the definition that would describe wisdom as being the ability to discern difference, the difference in a situation, the difference in the weather. As in, uh, if you're able to discern the difference in the weather, you, you know, hey, today's not a good day to sell out the harbor. There's a hurricane out there. Well, we recognize that difference, so we're going to stay put. We're not going yachting today. Okay. Also, the ability to recognize difference in people, to recognize that person has something that's not normal. That person has a gift. That, has, that person has something that's unusual. That's extraordinary. And that would be the ability to operate in wisdom, the ability to see and to discern difference. And it's very, very important because we're not all stamped out of a cookie cutter mold. God made us all different. And the body of Christ is made up of many different, we could say parts, just like the human body. And you know, the eye can't say, I don't need the big toe. Well, the big toe is what helps you to have proper balance. And, you know, the, uh, the brain can't say, well, I don't need, you know, I don't need the legs. Well, you know, you can do a lot more if you're, uh, if you're able to walk and stand up than what you could if you're sitting down. So we all need every part, every member contributing to the overall strength. And we thank God. We thank God for wisdom that is in Christ and also within the body of Christ. Now, where did this man get these things? So they admitted he had something unusual. He had something that the other rabbis and that the other teachers, that the other scribes and experts in the law did not have. Now watch this. Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now notice how they go together. Wisdom, not normal wisdom, but wisdom that comes from above that is imputed into a person, that is released into a person. Wisdom and mighty works, wisdom and miracles go together. And God wants you to have both. And it's operating in that wisdom effectively that causes miracles to come to you and causes you to move into the realm like Jesus of even being a miracle worker through the same power of the same Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And what wisdom is this which is given to him? Stop and think for a moment about another definition of wisdom, because the wisdom of God is so beautiful, I don't think we can contain it with just a few simple definitions. But here is a good definition of wisdom. It's knowing what to do at all times. View it from this angle. Think about your life right now. Perhaps certain struggles that you may have, certain problems that you need to overcome, certain troubles that need to be addressed, or may, maybe everything's totally perfect in your life, and there are no waves on your ocean. Everything is totally peace, peaceful, but even still, even still, the wisdom of God is needed in that situation. Let me give you an example. Whatever you're facing, whatever your world is like, what would happen if Jesus stepped into you and walked in your shoes for 24 hours. What would he do? What wisdom would he begin to apply if he was fully operating through you and you were completely yielded to him? And he said, I'm calling all the shots for the next 24 hours. Just yield and let me take the lead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start fixing all of your problems. And, and, and listen, because he would operate in that wisdom from above, miracles would also begin to start happening in your life. Woo! Praise the Lord. I'm telling you that walking in divine wisdom and seeing miracles take place, they are not exclusive. They are inclusive. They actually go together. I would also say this, that foolishness, ignorance, living in the flesh, hinder God's miracle power from flowing freely into your life. But when you're walking in the wisdom of God, when, you're, when your mind is sharp, when your mind is clear, 
also miracles are going to be moving around your life and you can step into that. Praise the Lord. So wisdom is also knowing what to do at all times and don't limit wisdom to education. Education is extremely important. One of the most important things you can do is to develop your mind. Remember when you are born again and saved your spirit was recreated but not your mind and certainly not your body. I mean if you were saved at the age of 42 you could still look at your body and you, you still look like you're in a 42 year old body. You are because your body didn't get saved nor did your mind get saved. Your spirit did. So your spirit is solid. Your spirit's good to go. All your spirit needs is spiritual food and that's the Word of God and that's time spent with the Lord through prayer and so forth and your spirit's totally happy. But it's your mind that you have to work with because if you got saved you know I, I grew up in church but I, I was not born again until I was a senior in high school. Uh, I got water baptized much younger, and, uh, but I realized I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I got wet. <laughs> I had good intentions, but I had no understanding of the new birth experience. It was just something that you were supposed to do, so I said the words, uh, and I, I got water baptized, and, but it never, uh, it never made an impact in the sense where I knew that I was right with God. But when I was a senior in high school, and I gave my heart to Christ knowing what the gospel meant, knowing what Christ did for me at Calvary, and it was presented to me in a very clear picture when I was off at a Christian youth camp and I heard it. I said, I want Jesus all, I, I, want, I want to completely give my life to Him. And I, I did, and I felt, I felt like 2,000 pounds literally came off of me. I knew my sins were washed away, and I knew on the inside that I was different. I knew, well, that's really what we would call the born again experience. And I got baptized there in the hill country of Texas, which is where the youth camp was at, there in the Frio River, which was very aptly named because the water was extremely cold, and I was dunked all the way under. And I tell you what, have never looked back since then. But my friends, my mind though, my mind was still not renewed. Your mind is something you're going to have to work on because I, I had done sinful things up to that point, and you know, I had to deal with memories and thoughts and stuff like that. Well, what do you do? Well, you do what the Apostle Paul said to do in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You begin to renovate your mind. We, he uses the English word renew that we have in our Bibles, but in the Greek, it's more of a word that means to renovate, go through and make it beautiful. And so you renovate and you renew your mind by meditating on the Word of God, pondering on the Word of God, and thinking in line and in harmony with what God says, as composed or compared to um, all of the stuff that the world would say is acceptable or fashionable, which in many times can be uh, very, very wrong and would be great areas of darkness. Praise the Lord. But my friends, we are tying fully into the wisdom of God. Now, we need to illuminate our, our minds. We, we need to educate them. Uh, you don't want to have an empty brain, and you want to be a sharp person. But let me say this. Wisdom is very different from intellectualism. It's not intellectualism that God is emphasizing when in His Word He mentions the subject of wisdom. In other words, this is not a reference to mental exertion. This is not about straining your brain. This is not about getting another degree. Although degrees are wonderful, and they're very honorable, and it could, in many cases, increase your salary or your pay. But this wisdom from God, though, is very different. It's it's better described as illumination. It's like the light bulb going off on the inside of you, and you get it, and you understand it. Now, I re I'll give you an example. I remember that I had a, a cassette tape. Now, th this tells you how long ago this was, so let's go back in time, you know, about 20 years. So I had a cassette tape, and on that cassette tape was the teaching ministry of Prophet Kenneth Hagin. And it was a, a message on faith. And it was just, you know, one of those beautiful messages loaded with revelation and so much life in it that, you know, you, I, that when you would listen to it, it's just, you just shout, hallelujah. Well, I had a friend of mine who was very religious. 
He belonged to a certain church, but he wasn't born again. Bless his heart. <laughs> uh, a good guy, but not born again. Uh, it's kind of like you standing in your garage. Well, just because you stand in your garage, it doesn't make you a car. Just because he went to a certain church didn't mean he was actually born again or his life was right with God. Well, he tried to live a clean life of doing things that were good, but he wasn't born again. And so I, I would always try to work on him and, you know, pray for him and lead him into the real thing. But uh, one time he asked me, he said, Hey, uh, what are you listening to? Cause we were writing together. I said, it's, it's a tape from a minister. And I popped it out and I said, here, you take this and you listen to it and uh, tell me what you think. And so uh, I saw him two days later, he gave me the cassette tape back and I said, what'd you think? He said, I'll tell you, Stephen, he said, that guy really had a high-pitched voice, didn't he? That's all he got out of it. He couldn't recall anything that he heard. He didn't understand anything he heard. All he could get out of it was, well, I tell you what, that man really had a high-pitched voice. Well, in the natural he did, but spiritually, spiritually, my friend's ears were absolutely, completely closed. Was he, was he not smart? Oh, no, he was a very smart person. Was he not intellectual? Oh, no, he, he was very intellectual. But wisdom is illumination. It's understanding the things of God. That's why wisdom is so important, because if Jesus could step into you for 24 or 48 hours, what would he start doing? Would you agree with me that he would probably do some things in your life that you would not be aware of or would not have thought of? Woo! Pastor Stephen, I want to get out of debt. I want to get out of debt. What would happen if Jesus stepped into you? I want to get out of debt. Good, we're selling the boat today. That boat's been parked in your garage for five years and you've never taken it out and you still owe money on it. We're selling that today. Oh, oh, I, well, I, I, I didn't know you were that serious. But see, wisdom wisdom. And Jesus, he'll, he'll fix problems. <laughs> he knows how to eliminate trouble. He just knows how to get things done. Woo! Praise God. And it, it comes into your understanding, not through mental exertion, but it comes by illumination. And it's a very, very beautiful thing. What wisdom is this, which is given to him? I tell you, they knew he had it. He had a different way of operating, a different way of conducting himself, a different way of doing things, and along with that wisdom, that such mighty works are performed by His hands. As the wisdom of God begins to touch your mind, you're going to see more miracles in your life than you've ever experienced before. Get ready, because I believe this month you're stepping into this. This anointing is flowing now. Praise God. All right, Pastor Stephen, will share some things with me to help me to get this wisdom flowing. Okay, let's take a look at it. Galatians chapter 3. We're going to go over to Galatians chapter 3 and see another aspect of the wisdom of God, the multifaceted wisdom of God. No need to reinvent the wheel. No need to try some wild tactic or something that's never been done before. We just apply biblical principles, and you'll start to fly. You'll start to get airborne. You're, you'll start to go up, praise God. And the solutions from God will come. No matter what you're facing, what obstacle, what challenge, God, through His wisdom, has a solution to deal with it. And you're going to receive that revelation. Now, Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you, that would be the Holy Spirit, and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Does he do it because you read 40 chapters of the Bible. Not that that's not good. That's wonderful. But is that why miracles happen? You know, I, I've, I've met some real Bible thumpers before who, uh, I, you know, I've, I, was, I was raised in a denomination where by the age of 12, almost every single teenager could quote all 66 books of the Bible 
in order. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, I mean, and just boom, just run through it. And some of them, and I, I, could, go, I could go forward, some could go forward and backwards, start naming them backwards. Uh, uh, Revelation, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John, and they just run the whole thing backwards and had uh, tremendous ability to do that. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, they must have seen great miracles. No, we, we never saw one miracle that I know of in church except for the born-again experience, <laughs> which is the greatest thing, to see people born again. But outside of that, we saw no eye, blind eyes open. We saw uh, no, you know, handicapped people get up and get healed or anything like that. We didn't see anything like that. Because, my friends, it says here that He does it by the hearing of faith, not by the works of the law, not because you, you're in church uh, you know, every time the doors are open, which, you know, in a sense, you should be plugged in to the things of God. But when I was raised in church, uh, going through Sunday school and stuff like that, there was one one of the girls in my uh, Sunday school class, you know, whenever you showed up, they would, they would put the attendance records up on the board, on these big poster boards, they'd give you a little red star. She had so many red stars lined up that um, as far as I knew, um, Let's see here. I was probably about 14 years old from a child all the way up to the age of 14 until we moved. She never missed one Sunday morning. She never missed one Sunday night and she never missed one Wednesday night. She was there every single time. Now, that would probably also say that she didn't travel much, which would be true. You know, this was a rural type area. But at the same time, she was always there. Well, Pastor Stephen, with such great works like that, she must have had great miracles. Noah, we, you know, I was around her a lot, and I never saw one happen. Why? It doesn't work like that. It works by the hearing of faith. So, it's very important that you release your faith, that you believe God for miracles, and for the wisdom of God to be flowing into your mind, into your understanding. And God is going to bring some of you out of debt so fast, it's going to be like your head's going to spin in a very, very good way. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not, you know, I've looked at my numbers, I'm not going to be out of debt for the next 10 years. Well, what would Jesus think about that if He stepped into you today? Do you think Jesus could do you think if Jesus was in debt, he'd be stuck in debt for 10 years? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. So Jesus living in you, and the same Holy Spirit that was in and on Jesus resting on you and living in you, you'll have access to that same wisdom. You've got it right now. And I believe these things are going to be accelerated. God is getting his people out of debt quickly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You will be well positioned for everything that will unfold in the end times. Nothing is going, to, is going to shake you. You will be out of debt. You will have financial reserves. You will have the wisdom of God. You will be walking in faith. You will be walking in a place where there is a fence of protection all around your life, and nothing's going to shake you. You're just going to go right through. Whoosh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Walking in the anointing of God. Praise God. Leading many to Christ. Why? Because you're not shackled. You're not chained. You're free. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 6, just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So if you want to get over into the miracles, you're going to have to be a person of faith, not a person of works, although good works are very, very important. But, uh, you know, you could do good works all the time, but if you just, if you never stop and say, I'm just going to believe, you're not going to come into the great things that God wants to accomplish in your life. Even when it comes to receiving this wisdom of God that comes by illumination, you have to have faith that when you ask God for it, He's actually going to give it to you. And if you do ask in faith, we read in the book of James in the first chapter, that if you do ask in faith and don't doubt, God will give it to you abundantly. Hallelujah. I see you walking out of every problem. I see you overcoming in every situation in your life. I see complete victory stamped upon you. Praise the Lord. And because you're free, you're going to be able to minister to so many people effectively. Why? Because that wisdom 
and that wisdom always has proofs. You will have such beautiful proofs in your life that you're operating in the wisdom of God. One of those great proofs is freedom. And that wisdom will be producing so much freedom. What goes along with that wisdom? Miracles. You cannot separate the two. Miracles. Now, you can have that wisdom, but not have the faith for the miracles. But if you are spirit-filled and you know the Word, praise God, you can flow in that wisdom and also easily open up that door for miracles because it's just right next to you, right next to you. They go together, and they were certainly together in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Now, let's go over for a few minutes to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40. It is very important that you are a person of faith. That if you want to get into the miracles, you can't say things like, well, that stuff doesn't happen to me. No, you have to say, I am a recipient of miracles. I am a magnet for miracles. Woo, praise the Lord. I believe uh, my dear wife, Pastor Kelly, posted on our Instagram accounts, hers and the ministries, an amazing picture from the Charlotte airport when I was hitting out uh, a few months ago, actually, she and I were together, and I needed to get my shoes shined because I was going to go speak in the meeting, and I hadn't had my shoes cleaned for a while. So um, uh, Kelly said, Stephen, why don't you go over there and get your shoes shined? I said, that, that would be good. That way they look nice for the upcoming service. And I, uh, you know, went up and set up this kind of like an elevated platform, okay? And I went up and sat in the chair. There's about five chairs lined up. I sat in the chair against the wall, and the person starts, you know, working on my shoes. And I look over to my right, and there on the wall is a picture of angel wings. A picture of angel wings, and it says, I am a magnet for miracles, Woo! Praise the Lord. I got, uh, actually, while I was getting my shoes done, Kelly walked by, and I said, Kelly, look at this, uh, look at this sign right here. So she took some pictures of it. I took a few pictures of it. It's on our Instagram uh, pictures and so forth. I think we put it on Facebook and stuff like that. But we thought, how unusual to have that in a public airport. And we were just there a few weeks ago uh, flying again. I said, there's that beautiful sign. Woo, makes me want to get my shoes shined. Yeah, I had, that time I had my tennis shoes on. I thought, I'll, I'll get them shined just to sit next to that picture. Hallelujah. Praise God. But my friends... You have to view yourself like that and have that type of a faith attitude. I am a magnet for miracles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Miracles. You're single. A miracle spouse. The one that God has for you. Praise the Lord. Those in debt. Miracle anointing and help from God to bring you out of debt in an expedited way. Woo! Through wisdom and also through miracles. When you make proper application of wisdom, that's when miracles begin to happen. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God is going to give you so much wisdom, and you're going to see these great miracles take place. But have faith that miracles are unfolding in your life right now. This is Passover week. This is when the greatest miracle of all took place when Jesus laid his life down for us at Calvary. And three days later, he was raised from the dead, taken up into heaven. Oh, praise God. He has fully purchased our redemption. We will put our faith and trust in him. We access the miracle of salvation. How did you get saved? Through using your faith and believing God and taking hold of that promise. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You believed it. You exercised faith. And you reached out to God. And He responded. And now you are a member of the body of Christ. My friends, you can do the same thing for miracles. Believe God for miracles. And He's going to do them in your life. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30. And before I read this very much beloved scripture, two scriptures actually, let me just say that we are aware of the challenges that are in the earth at this time. The virus that has been released and has taken the lives, sadly enough, of many people. Also, you know, looking forward, the potential for this virus to pop up again 
you know, when it gets cold again, or for other viruses also to uh, work their way into the system. And who knows what else besides viruses. But one thing that is taking place in the midst of all of this is that there are many voices, which I'm sure that you have noticed. There are many prophetic voices. Some of them are very, very good. They are mature. They are seasoned. And they're right on with the heartbeat of God. But there are other voices that are out there that when you listen to it, the ring is not right. The ring of it, the, the, the vibration of it, the sound of it, and the message of it. And you get the sense that there are those who would even use the moment as an opportunity an opportunity to maybe become more popular, an an opportunity to perhaps expand the ministry, an opportunity to just get their voice out there, regardless of what they're saying. And there are some that are like that. If uh, you give them the mic, they'll never stop. And uh, they want that mic. (laughs) If you give them that mic, even if they don't have a word, they're going to come up with a word. (laughs) They're going to make, they're going to fabricate one. They've always got a word. (laughs) And a lot of that is immaturity. Uh, uh, some of it's not a maturity. Some it's just what the Bible would call selfish ambition. But you know, there's many voices out there. So I believe that those that walk close with God, you can just filter that out. As as Prophet Kenneth Hagin said many years back, he said, "Eat the hay and spit out the sticks." Woo! Praise the Lord. And that's a good, uh, you know, kind of country way of of saying that. Just use discernment. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Let the Word help you, and just walk in the peace of God, that even should the world end in a week, walk in the peace of God. Praise God. That is the peace that passes all understanding. Now, Isaiah chapter 40, we're dropping down now to verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There are many voices that are speaking right now. The Bible says, test the spirits. The Bible also says to judge prophecy. It's very important that you walk close with the Lord and that you hear from the Lord for yourself. I believe that regardless of the perils that will be ahead for the world. I know that there's victory for the believer. Praise God. I know that there's victory for us. That even if you lost your life, you still belong to Jesus. And, you know, the worst thing that could happen is you lose your life, but you still go straight to heaven. Praise the Lord. But I believe that I'm speaking to a company of people that are called to be overcomers in the end times, and you will go right through all the way till the end, whatever that point is, and you will be there standing strong in faith, standing in the Lord, standing in the Lord. Praise God. And so I believe that there's an anointing right now for miracles. God wants to do miracles in your life right now. Now, some of that could be to have you positioned so that when things do get shaky two years from now, five years from now, or ten years from now, you're solid. You're rock solid. You are in a position where everything in your life is lined up right. Your walk with God is right. Your marriage is strong. Your your finances are in order. And that's something, that area of finances is something that God's cleaning up for many believers because seven out of 10 of all Americans are carrying heavy, heavy loads of debt, particularly credit card debt. And God is setting his people free. Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. A people of victory overcoming in every area, but you need to wait on the Lord. When you do that, your strength and your, this is talking about your spiritual strength. I do believe it can touch you physical. I do believe it can touch you in a sense where there's new joy and there's a sharpness even to your mind. Yes, even to uh, your, uh, the ability of your brain to think at maximum capacity, but primarily those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That is a spiritual strength. This is a time that God wants to do great miracles in your life, but in order for that to happen in your life, the way God wants it to be, you need to be spiritual. 
A lot of people, they love going to the gym, and I think that's good. You've got to take care of your body. Just like if you don't take care of your house, it'll begin to t- deteriorate. You'll have a roof leak. You'll have uh, things that start to break. So you need to take care of it. You need to maintain your body. But how much more important that your spirit be strong and be nourished in the things of the Lord so that you can soar like the eagle, so that you can access that heavenly wisdom. Mm. The problem with being carnally minded and just living for the world and living for the day is that you are held down into the earthly realm like a chicken and you can't fly and you can't get up. Even if you flap your wings, it's just, it's never going to get you into the upper areas where it's quiet and peaceful, even literally as eagles are known to do to take you above the storms. But my friends, when you begin to get over in the spirit, when you get over in the spirit, you begin to get the peace of God, the mind of Christ. Now I know it says in the Bible, the apostle Paul said that said, we have the mind of Christ. That is the position we are in technically right now in Christ spiritually. That is the position we are in, but it's not realized by many believers because they are not soaring like the eagle. They are roosting like the rooster or they're just hanging out like the chicken, but you have got to get over in the spirit. And this is very important here. It says they shall mount up with wings like eagles. So eagles are designed by God to soar, to fly. You have to keep pushing until you get in the spirit. Well, Pastor Stephen, I I prayed for 20 minutes and I just felt like it was a total waste of time and it was so boring and so dry. Uh, I, I just, you know, after 20 minutes, I just left. Well, there can be times when maybe you want to have variety to change up your devotional life. I mean, you don't really want to do the same thing over and over again. It's good to have some variety. Uh, Even if you do the same thing, maybe just do it in a different sequence or different order. Instead of praying that prayer first, maybe pray it last. And the one you're praying last, pray it first or change it up or do things like that. But sometimes you just have to keep pushing and keep praying. Now, soaring in the Spirit or flying like an eagle, I believe correlates to praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. And you may start off praying in the spirit and you may not, you may feel like I'm not getting any elevation, nothing's happening. But if you'll just have some time blocked off to spend with the Lord and just keep praying in the spirit, particularly early in the morning, early in the mornings, that way you know, you, you don't have to engage in work. You don't have to engage your mind with everything because the day hasn't even started yet. You can do all that stuff later. But if you'll just get up early and you'll start praying, you will start to get into that, into that place as the eagle who flies where the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ begins to become your mind. Woo, hallelujah. And then you begin to think like Jesus, and Jesus knows what to do. He would know how to exactly walk out of that problem. He would know exactly what to do. And then you begin to see the path of Christ, and you walk that path, and it will always lead you into a place of victory. It will lead you into a a place of peace. It will lead you into a place of holiness. It will lead you into a place of the heart of God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that's what's available to you. So we have wisdom. We have miracles, wisdom and miracles, both going together. So let's use our faith. Let's believe God. But you're going to have you're going to have to put great reliance upon the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example. I received an email yesterday from a young man. I I would like to read it to you. And I'll give you a great example of how if you want the miracles and the power, you have to also operate in the wisdom of God. And if the wisdom is not there and you're not following wisdom, very, very few miracles ever happen. Now you may just, you may hit one because maybe, maybe you got it right. You got the sequence, right? You didn't even really know what you're doing, but it happened, but you can't replicate it because you don't, you don't know the protocol. Let's take a look at this just for a moment. Praise the Lord. Okay, now this is from Brother Rafiq. I won't read his entire name because of where he's from. It's a a country where the Christians are greatly persecuted. He says, good morning, Pastor Stephen. 
He says, my name is Rafiq. I am from Algeria. I'm 22 years old. Now, that's special to me because Algeria, you know, just 15 years ago, especially 20 years ago, was considered an impenetrable country. And it was like 99.99% of everyone living in Algeria was Muslim. And so the gospel had never broken through into that country before. But now it's breaking through. So this is wonderful to hear from this young man, Rafiq. He says, I'm from Algeria. I'm 22 years old. I've been a Christian now for two years. I have a burning desire to know God and to serve Him more than ever. Well, he's on the right track, isn't he? I tried to pray. Now listen to this. This is like some of you. Not all of you, but some of you that are, that are beginning and you're trying to get over into the Spirit. I tried to pray. I tried to read the Bible. But I feel that I'm still thirsty for Him, and nothing happens. For example, my grandmother is 95 years old. She never did, she never did hear about Christ. And when I try to explain, she doesn't understand because she can't hear well. She is a Muslim. I'm saying to myself, this is what he's saying to himself. I'm saying to myself, Jesus gave us the power to heal the sick. And she is 100% blind. And she's been 100% blind for over 25 years. And I tried to pray for her, he said. I tried to pray for her that uh, her eyes be opened, but nothing happens. My question is why? What's wrong with me? When I read the Scripture, I see that the spiritual gifts are a promise from Jesus for the believers. And so he heard about my program and about my teaching on the spiritual gifts. So he said, I read the Scriptures, I see that the spiritual gifts are a promise from Jesus for the believers, but I get nothing. I can't pray in tongues. I can't heal my grandmother by His name. I don't have any spiritual experience with God. Can you please help me? Yes, I can. Praise the Lord. Let me, first of all, share an example that happened, not in Algeria, but here in America, in the state of New York in a meeting that I went to a few years back. And I ministered in the meeting. Uh, This is a little unusual, but every single person in the meeting was a Bible school graduate. I mean, I'm talking a Bible school that ran multiple years. I can't remember how many years, two years, three or four, I can't remember. But everybody, everybody in the meeting was a graduate of this particular Bible college, Spirit-filled Pentecostal Bible College. And so I preached two services there. We had a great time. Uh, The Holy Spirit didn't move in healings, but He did move in laughter and the oil being poured out, and He also moved in prophecy. Okay? So I concluded my meetings, and I'm hanging out with the church family after the last service is over, and there was a dear lady there who was in a wheelchair. And she'd been in the wheelchair for, I don't know how long, maybe 20 years or something like that, long time. And so, those there in the church, they all, you know, they, they were kind of sensing the anointing that had been on me, and it made them happy. And, uh, you know, they just like, you know, we need to get her out of that wheelchair. And they were also kind of emotional, you know, because they, they, loved, they loved the person. Uh, it was a lady that was in the wheelchair. They loved her, and they didn't want her to be in the wheelchair. And so, uh, there was a lot of emotion mixed into it. And they're just like, you know what? We're going to get her out of that wheelchair right now. We're going to pray for her, and God's going to do it right now. And I'm just kind of sitting over to the side, and uh, I'm not saying anything, because I know, don't, don't touch this. And, uh, but they're all really uh, just now they've somehow worked themselves up. We're going to get her out of that wheelchair. And they all gathered together, uh, at least 30 of them. Not, not everybody, of course, that was there, but 30 of them, the, the, the ones that were just really zealous and that really loved the lady in the wheelchair. And they all laid hands on her. Oh, God, do it now. Woo, God, do a miracle. And they're all praying, as I would say, wearing themselves out, really praying, Woo, with great vibrato, great, great energy and exertion. And after all of that, All of those prayers, she's still just as handicapped as ever. She couldn't get out of the wheelchair. And then, you know, you could just see the discouragement that hit the 30 because nothing happened. Now, I I go to the pastor's back office after that. And the pastor, 
she asked me, she said, uh, Pastor Stephen, she said, how come, uh, how come nothing happened? <laughs> Woohoo! Now look, they have the Holy Spirit. The, this dear brother that's emailing me, he's not even filled with the Holy Spirit yet, and I'll explain why it's not working for him either. What my friends did not understand in that meeting in New York, which is what I explained to the pastor, I said, I said to the pastor in private, I said, my dear sister, I said, nothing happened because the Holy Spirit wasn't moving. Woo! Just, just that simple. And if he's not moving with the gift of working of miracles, the person in the wheelchair is not getting up. And you could pray for 20 years. You could sweat. You could turn blue. You could do push-ups. You could stand up upside down on your head. You could do all kinds of things to try to impress God. But it only happens by faith. But along with Jesus, along with that faith of working of miracles, He operated in wisdom. What's the wisdom key? Wisdom is, don't move on that if the Holy Spirit's not moving on that. Because if you try to jump on that and the Holy Spirit's not moving on that, nothing's going to happen. And ideally, you don't want to learn that lesson publicly. Not that we would be embarrassed, but, you know, doing something like that and it doesn't work, that's not ideally the way that you would like to learn. So, the thing is, you must flow with the wisdom of God. And to get into that flow of when God's moving, when the Spirit is moving, when He's not, you're going to have to pray. And if you don't pray, it's hard to pick up on that. It, it's almost impossible. I, I'm, even if you are Spirit-filled, and you talk in tongues, and you love the Lord, if, if you are not prayed up, you can't really pick up on that, and be, you can't flow in that anointing. You have to pray. Now, here's the good news. Any eagle that flies begins to get that discernment. You could be a housewife, you could be an engineer, you could be a doctor, you could be a scientist, but if you'll pray, you'll start to get into that realm of the Spirit, and you'll start to sense the wind, the wind that will lift you and take you above the storm. And when that wind is lifting, that's when you go for it. When the moving of the Spirit is there, that's when you move. And if you move on your own, nothing's going to happen. So when I explained that to the pastor in New York, she said, she said, Pastor Stephen, that makes total sense. She said, um, what we did was in the flesh, wasn't it? I said, yes. <laughs> I said, that's why I didn't join you. <laughs> Woo! That's why I didn't join you, because it was all in the flesh. Nothing was going to happen, and nothing did happen. Praise God. Now, let's go to the brother. The brother, he admits he does not speak in tongues. He is a Christian, though, and he sees in the Bible that it is God's will to heal. I commend him for that. So, he's praying for his grandmother, and nothing's happening. Where is he missing it? Our dear brother is missing it because, first of all, lack of wisdom. Remember, if you're in the wisdom, the miracles, that they just start happening. That's the easy part. The main challenge, walk in the wisdom. Remember when they said about Jesus, where did this guy get this wisdom? We've never seen wisdom like this before. If you're in that wisdom, the miracles start popping up. Okay, what's the wisdom? knowing two things. Number one, move when the Spirit's moving. If He's not moving, you move on your own, okay? Number two, you can still move on your own even if there's no anointing, even if there is no manifestation of the gifts of healing or the working of miracles, you can still move on your own if you move in the Spirit of faith. But if you move in faith, in other words, there's no anointing. In other words, I don't feel the angel fanning his wings. You, you, you don't get any of that. There's no anointing. You're just going totally on faith. You can do that, but the person that you are endeavoring to pray in faith for, they need to be in faith with you. And if they're not, nothing's going to happen. There will not be a connection of the voltage. You can hook the line up, but unless they're also in faith, they're not, they're not flipping the switch. You can be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith that your eyes be open. But if they're just sitting there and they're kind of like, well, go for it. You know, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Try, try it. Go for it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now what will happen. Nothing. Why? The person is not expecting to believe to receive anything. Now, if you can get them to come into faith with you and agree with you in faith, then your faith will work, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick, and it will raise them up. But that person needs to be in agreement. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why if I ever minister in just, you know, faith alone, 
I will first stop, take a few minutes, and talk to the person. Why? I need to get them in agreement with me. Agreement on the Scriptures. If we can't get into agreement for their healing, well, let's at least find some area that we can come into agreement on. Hey, can you, uh, can you believe with me and agree with me that God will work through the doctors to heal you? Oh, yes, Pastor Stephen, I can believe that. Well, let's come into agreement on that. Sure beats dying, okay? Let's, pray, let's agree on that, and I'll join my faith with yours, and God can honor that. But there has to be agreement. Praise the Lord. So why was it that he prayed for his grandmother who was blind and nothing happened? First of all, the Holy Spirit's not moving. The Holy Spirit is not manifesting the gifts of healings. Or in her case, she needs a, a, a miracle of healing. So the gift of working of miracles would also need to be in manifestation. And since you're in miracles, you're operating in miracles, usually along with that you need what's called the gift of faith. That's not normal faith like I believe in God or I believe in the Bible. That is a supernatural faith. Sometimes it could be translated as special faith or extraordinary faith that comes upon you. It's the Spirit of God coming upon you. It is a gift. It doesn't reside forever. It will come upon you and it will allow you to believe for something that would be impossible. But it does, the impossible doesn't move you. You go for it. And the miracle happens. But you need a manifestation of the Spirit. If that's not there, you need to be able to move in the prayer of faith. But if the person doesn't know or can't agree or can't receive, then that also will be short-circuited. Praise the Lord. So before you operate and do certain things, you need to think, what is the wisdom of God for this situation? Well, Pastor Stephen, we'll just plow ahead and see what happens. Well, you get, you, you know, you plow ahead, and, and too many times when things don't work, you can get really discouraged. And a lot of people, that's what they've done. They got discouraged and threw in the towel. What was wrong? They're, they're not applying wisdom. They're not applying wisdom. Mm. Some people, they're trying to get ahead financially, and all they're doing is borrowing, 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 as if they can borrow their way into prosperity. I, I, I think that runs contrary to biblical principles. Well, Pastor Stephen, I just got to get another loan. If I get this other loan, you know, uh, and then something big happens over here, then I can pay out all this debt that I've dug this big hole for. Well, what happens if it doesn't happen? Well, I'll get another loan to bail that one out. And on and on it goes, and the hole gets deeper and deeper and deeper. No, there comes a point where you have to start working God's wisdom. If Jesus stepped into your shoes right now, trust me, He would know what to do. And you need to know what He knows. And the more that you soar in the Spirit with Him, wisdom comes. Wisdom comes. I'm not saying you're going to have an IQ of 200. You don't even really need that. Praise God. I mean, what are you going to do with that anyhow, right? <laughs> except except solve, solve math problems. You need not so much high IQ. You, you're already smart. You need illumination. You need the light from God to shine down and touch your understanding and say, I've got it. I know what to do. Mm, mm, mm. And that's what's touching you. And that's why April is your month for miracles. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody that's watching that they be people of bold faith, and that they be people that particularly in this month of April will be willing to invest extra time in prayer early in the morning so that they might rise like the eagle and receive the strength to break free, to run, to be strong, and to receive the illumination from on high. Thank you, Father God. Woo! Thank you, Father God, for solutions to every problem. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for grace and anointing. Father, I thank you right now. I see the path for your people as they operate in wisdom. The miracles are going to happen. Great miracles. Great miracles. The angels are already lined up, ready to release it. Thank you, Father God, through, through the application of wisdom. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Woo! Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a healing anointing right now for asthma, chest congestion. I would even be so bold to say those who have caught the coronavirus 
because a lot of that is just um, it's all in the lungs if that's you open your heart right now to receive prayer and also I want you to lift your hands something's not right with your chest your breathing it's all in the lungs it's right in here maybe you have asthma but any kind of lung issue lift your hands get ready Heavenly Father I pray for that person right now in the authority and in the name of Jesus I rebuke that lung condition that chest condition that breathing condition loose that individual now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ the thing must go now in Jesus name amen now breathe deep breaths praise the Lord receive your healing take it by faith and at the conclusion of this message today get up and go walk around and just breathe praise the Lord breathe praise God thank you Lord Jesus all miracles are accessed they're taken a hold of by your faith praise God now let's get ready to take holy communion today and if you're watching today's program and you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but you've heard about me talk about the born again experience and sins being washed away and newness of life, and you in your heart, you're ready to receive. Pray right now this prayer after me. Don't wait another moment. Pray right now. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I give you my life. Lord Jesus, wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life, Jesus thank you. I belong to you now. Thank you for saving me now. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's all take Holy Communion together. You can grab a little wafer. If you don't have one of these little wafers, a little cracker will do just fine. And this is grape juice that I'm using here. Heavenly Father, we bless the bread we bless the juice and we set this apart as holy we pray over it now and bless it this is now the body and the blood of Christ our Savior the Holy Communion Father as we receive the Lord's body we thank you for the eagle's wings we thank you Father God that miracles are on the way Thank you, Father God. Father, as we receive the body of Christ, we thank you that we are magnets for great, big miracles. And Father, we'll be sure to tell, when you do these works, we'll be sure to tell others of what you've done. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, Jesus shed His blood for us on that cruel cross. Father, we're very mindful of it during this Passover week. Thank You, Father God, for all that Jesus went through for us. Let us meditate upon it. And thank You, Father God, for the miracles that we now have access through by the mighty Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. Thank You, Father, in Jesus' name we agree and say, Amen. Let's receive. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't let fear shut you down from doing what God has called you to do. Don't abandon your destiny for a week or for a month. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm on lockdown. I can't leave my house. You be working on your God's plan for your life right there in your house. You be praying, get up early and pray, and you keep that divine assignment moving forward. Take this time and use it for good. God can work all things for good, including perhaps a temporary layoff, or whatever it might be. Take it and use it for good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because the end is not yet. Oh yes, we're in the last days. But the end is not yet. Did you know, by the way, that Prophet Bob Jones, not Bob Jones University, (laughs) people sometimes get those two confused, not the university, but the prophet. Did you know that Prophet Bob Jones prophesied every decade up until the year 2050 and he was accurate on the decades before that when he gave the word and he he prophesied what the year 2020 will be 2030 will be 2040 will be oh I'm not saying for certain because we don't know that we'll be around in 2050 but don't let fear shut you down you need to stay on assignment stay on task keep working until he comes some of you needed to hear that Mm mm-hmm 
Thank you, Father. Do the things you need to do in the natural, but don't abandon your destiny. Stay on it because God's all over it, blessing it. He's helping you. Miracles are here for you now. Walk in the wisdom of God. You know, it's not wisdom to shut down. It's not wisdom to retreat and just throw everything out and say, uh, it, it, the world is ending. We've we got we to like go into survival mode. That is not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is first of all pure, and it's also peaceable, peaceable, not chaotic, not hysterical, not, you know, looney tune. The peace, the wisdom, excuse me, the wisdom of God is peaceable. It's peaceable. James chapter 3. It lists the various attributes of God's wisdom. So my friends, walk in the wisdom of God. The miracles will be there. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.